It's good to be back with you this morning. Appreciate everyone's presence and the opportunity that uh, you've afforded uh, my family and I to be back with you once again. This morning, as we look at the lesson this morning, I want to look back at uh, something that kind of uh, encouraged me to present this lesson and to uh, prepare this lesson. It relates back to some of the things that we talked about in our Bible class on the Sermon on the Mount. I entitled the lesson this morning, Looking for Loopholes. Now, you may be asking yourself, what are you talking about, Gerald, when we're talking about looking for loopholes? But as we look at this topic, I first want to address what a loophole is. A loophole is an ambiguity or inadequacy in the law or set of rules. Oftentimes we think as a loophole, we might look at our own civil law when we're talking about loopholes. I know with uh, working in corrections and you hear a lot about different things with, when it comes to civil law and you know that the lawyers that are involved in these cases and some of the uh, criminals that we have in our prison systems today, they get off on some of the things that they've done, the, the crimes they've, came, they've committed because their lawyers have found a loophole in the law. They found something that they found that they thought was uh, inadequacy in our civil laws, and so they used that to their advantage to get someone off on a technicality and not serve as much time in prison or not serve any time at all. And as you think about that, I got to thinking about this particular topic when we studied uh, some of the things that the Pharisees and the, uh, the scribes were going through when they were creating a loophole in the law of God. They were putting loopholes where loopholes weren't there, but they created their own. So I kind of thought that this would be appropriate. I've been thinking about this lesson for a few weeks and uh, been working on it because uh, it kind of inspired me as we were thinking about that as we've been studying that in our Bible class. And I got to thinking about how that we as a society, we try to put loopholes in the Word of God. We try to find things that we may think is an inadequacy in God's law and try to apply it in our own lives and try to, to make up our own excuses. Sometimes we, and we as a brotherhood, find that in the church that we may try to make loopholes in the things that we believe in and try to justify what we're doing in our life because it wants to satisfy our conscience. And I got to thinking about that a little bit on the way over here when I was uh, thinking about my lesson this morning. And I know that uh, in our society, we have different religions. Um, I know I've talked to a few individuals uh, in Chillicothe from other denominations. And if you think about their worship services, they have, there's some congregations that have two different services. One's more conservative, one's more uh, liberal. They're more, uh, more suited to the likings of those individuals. So they have two separate services to justify what that person wants to do. And we do that a lot of times as well. I don't know if it necessarily goes on in the body of Christ today. I haven't heard that necessarily. 
but um, I know there was a lady that um, we used to work for years ago. Uh, they did that very thing in the church that they went to. They had two separate services because there were some in the congregation that were a little older. They were more conservative, and they, they wanted to hear a more conservative-type uh, worship services. And then those there were that wanted a little bit more contemporary style of worship services. So they didn't worship with the ones that were more conservative. And so if you look at that in our society, you see the changes that, that go on. And I hope that that doesn't come to play in the Lord's body today. Uh, I know for a fact uh, with being a, a Christian as many years as I've been a Christian, the things that I've seen... Uh, where my family and I have gone, you have the, that uh, even today in some of the uh, so-called churches of Christ today, that those, it may say Church of Christ on the um, the marquee out on the, the front, but when you get in there, it's not anything like what you thought it would be. Um, there's a lot of things that are going on that are not right. Um, you have some congregations that are more conservative than others, and some congregations allow certain things that comes in to the body of the Christ, the way they teach and the things that they're doing. And a lot of that's to satisfy the conscience of a lot of those individuals within that congregation. So we need to think about that when it comes to our own spiritual life. As we introduce this lesson, are you looking for loopholes in the Word of God to satisfy your own conscience? Are we allowing that to guide our lives as a Christian. As we look at this lesson, the first topic or the first point that I want to mention is called, uh, we're going to entitle it, Looking for a Loophole in Honoring Your Parents. This is something that we alluded to when we were talking about our um, discussion on the Sermon of the Mount. If you have your Bibles there, we're going to look at Mark chapter 7, verses 9 through 13. Mark chapter 7, verses 9 through 13, as we deal with this particular point in our lesson this morning. This reads the following way. He said to them, All too well you reject the commandments of God, that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might re have received from me is Corban, that is the gift of God, then to you no longer to let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through the tradition which you have handed down, and many such things you do. Now, if you remember in our Bible class, we talked about this particular point. We see, if you look back at what we've been studying in, on, our sermon, uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, we see how that our righteousness to, should exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. And in this particular point, we know that um, there is in the um, Ten Commandments that we are to honor our father and mother. But the scribes went beyond that. They used their own thinking when it comes to this. 
they were using an excuse not to honor their father and mother because they were using the money that they had to give back to the Lord. And this was their justification. They said, well, I'm, I'm taking care of my father and mother because I'm using this money now to provide for the church. And so I don't have the money. I can't financially support and take care of my family because I'm giving back to the church. This was the excuse that the scribes and Pharisees seen. They knew the importance of honoring their father and mother, but they used the excuse, you know, I'm using this money that it should be for my father and mother, and I'm using it, and I'm giving it back to the church. It's using for the work of the church, so I'm doing a good thing by doing that. But yet they, they failed to realize what the Scripture said, that, that they were to honor their father and mother. We have an obligation when our parents get to a certain age, they're not able to take care of themselves. We need to do what we can to honor them and to take care of them. Sometimes it's financially. Sometimes it's, you know, to, with their health and things. But we have an obligation to our parents to take care of them. And we can't use an excuse, well, I'm, I'm doing all these other things and I don't have time to take care of my parents because I'm doing the work of the Lord. I'm giving to God and that the money that that I could be using towards taking care of my parents, I'm giving that back to the Lord. That's neglecting this commandment that we are to honor our father and mother. And so we need to think about that, that how that the, the scribes and Pharisees were trying to create a loophole in the law by doing this very thing. They were using a justification in their mind and thinking, you know, I'm doing the right thing. You know, we are to give back to the Lord for the work of the church. But we can't not neglect this commandment to honor our father and mother. So as you think about that, you know, think about it, that in your own life, you know, and what you're doing when, in regards to your own parents and how you're taking care of uh, that parent and what God has to say uh, when it comes to that. Our next point that I want to talk about is looking for loopholes by laying aside the commandments of God. If you have your Bibles there still, we're going to look at Mark chapter 7, verses 6 and 8. 6 through 8. Mark chapter 7, verses 6 through 8. He answered and said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far, far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. This is a verse that a lot of times is, is very popular. We've probably had it, heard it read before, but it was prophesied by the, the prophet Isaiah uh, about you hypocrites. They were being hypocritical. They were telling uh, people to do one thing, and they were doing another thing. And it mentions here that people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We can do that very same thing when it comes to our worship services. We can be using our lips. We can be singing songs of praise. We can be listening maybe to the lesson, but our heart and our mind is somewhere else. We're doing things that are uh, contrary to what God wants us to be doing. We need to have our minds focused on uh, what we're doing in our worship services. We kind of talked about that uh, a little bit when we were talking about um, adultery of the heart this morning in Bible class and how that when we're partaking the Lord's Supper, we're to have our minds focused 
upon our duties at that time. Our mind should be focused on the cross and the sacrifice that God made for us and in Christ being on the cross and not being let it be distracted away from uh, other things. And in verse 7, you know, we need to consider here um, that we our worship would be in vain if we're worshiping like that. Yeah, you could be singing the songs that, that Brother Tony's led us in this morning, but they can, and it may still come out as that that's what you're seeing, but your mind's on something else. And the Pharisees were teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. They were, this is if you, we look back at to what the, the scribes and Pharisees were doing, things that we've been talking about in Bible class, that they were missing the point. They were teaching the physical things about the gospel, but yet they were missing the spiritual side of that. So we need to have both of those together. We need, the Bible talks about how we need to worship in spirit and in truth. We have to have truth. We have to maintain that truth within the body of Christ. But we also have to have spirit too. We can't have truth and not have spirit. We have to have both. It has to be together as one. And they were the, the Pharisees, the scribes and Pharisees, were teaching their own ideas when it comes to the gospel. And they were trying to incorporate those things. So as we think about that, you know, we need to, to think about that. Are we trying to do that in our own, own lives? Are we trying to incorporate our own ideas, our own traditions um, when it comes to uh, the worship services? Sometimes we get hung up with uh, certain traditions as the way we do the worship services. Um, I know different congregations that I've been to when it comes to the, the organization of the actual time of worship. Sometimes we have, uh, you'll start out with a song. I know at Chillicothe, we start out with a song, then we'll have announcements. We'll have another song and a prayer. Well, here we start out with announcements, then we have a song, and the, the order of worship is a little bit different. The, the idea is that you have to, we need to follow and make sure that we have those acts of worship in play, that those are part of the worship. It doesn't necessarily mean that the Lord's Supper has to be at a certain time. I know some, sometimes I've, I've seen it been done in the middle of services with the Lord's Supper. Sometimes it's at the end of the, the services. A lot of times that's left up to the order of worship. That's left up to the elders of the congregation or to the men of the congregation as to the order of the worship. The fact is that we need to follow the, the five acts of worship and those things need to be incorporated in the worship. But it doesn't mean you know that we can take our own feelings and put that in uh, to play. A lot of times if we're going back to uh, thinking of the idea of incorporating other ideas, um, some places you might go, the Bible talks about that we're to have unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine on the Lord's table. I've heard sermons talked about that uh, some places will have crackers and pop. And that's they think that that's okay. But the Bible specifically says unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine we can't go beyond what the scripture says just because we think that it's something that we want to do something we want to incorporate because uh, we have more wisdom maybe than what god does and we want to incorporate this because we think it's right but this is things that are going on um, in the body of the christ and especially in uh, the denominational world we're incorporating ideas and adding to things that are not there when it comes 
uh, to the Word of God. Um, one thing we can think about um, when it comes to the Pharisees, they didn't necessarily just lay aside certain things of the gospel. They lay aside, they laid aside all the commandments of the gospel, and they they were wrong with a lot of things when it comes to the gospel. Um, and as we think about this, if we look clear back in um, when we think about that, we try to incorporate our own ideas that we think that we're wiser maybe than God. If you look clear back into the account of Genesis in chapter three, we look at the the temptation in the garden, how that um, the very first sin was uh, brought into the world, how Satan tempted Eve, and they told God told Adam and Eve not to eat of the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil, and he he specifically said, "Don't do this." But yet the devil was cunning. And he came as a serpent and tempted Eve and made her question what God told her to do and how that he, he tempted her to eat of that fruit. And that's how the devil a lot of times will work with us. He comes to us secretly. We've talked about that before, how he's a roaring lion. He's seeking who he may devour. And he's not going to just come in and you're going to it's going to be very obvious as to how he tempts you it's going to be very cunning and he's going to use your conscience against you to think that what you're doing is okay and you know if you look at that account in genesis chapter three you know um then at that point satan was trying to say that um tell her that she was going to be like god that she was going to be uh if she would eat of this fruit that she would be like god so the devil's going to use things in a way to make us think that, you know, it's okay to sin, that, you know, we can use our conscience as a guide and we can do things because we think it's right when really it's not. It goes contrary to uh, God's law. Um, so, and you see that and as you go through the Old Testament, you see how uh, those individuals have gone away from God and that was constantly trying to get back to uh, God through the whole uh, Old Testament. Uh, some of you I know have been reading, uh, making it um, important to read the whole entire Bible in a year. Um, and you'll see as you look through the accounts and in, in, um, through the whole Old Testament how that those individuals fell away from what uh, the Bible taught and they were trying to come back to God. Uh, if you look at uh, Numbers chapter 16, if you remember the account of Moses and Aaron in the wilderness, um, and you see the rebellion that was there against uh, Moses and Aaron, those that uh, the Israelites that they were leading, and they thought that they were uh, more wise than Moses and Aaron. They questioned God's authority. God put them in that uh, ability to lead them in the wilderness. And they thought that they didn't need to be in there. And so they questioned uh, Moses and Aaron. So I encourage you to read on your own time um, Numbers chapter 16. So as we're moving on with the lesson, uh, the next point I want to consider is uh, entitled Looking for Loopholes by Forgetting God is a Just God. A lot of times uh, we think about this a lot of times. You've probably heard the statement. I know I've heard it quite a bit 
that God is a loving God and He won't condemn me to an eternal hell. That's preached so much today. I've heard that so many times. God is a loving God. And one thousand notice when we was leading singing, when we was singing this morning, we have that very saying up there that God is love, and that is very true. We know that um, in John chapter three sixteen it says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life." We know that God loved us so much that He was willing to give of His Son that died on the cross. Christ was willing to give of his life for us, for that forgiveness of sins. And you see the things that's going on today. People, we've talked about a little bit about in Bible class about homosexuality and some other things that's going on. People that are living a worldly life and they think, you know, God's a loving God. And we forget about that God is a just God. God will judge you on the last days. Uh, Psalm chapter 89 and verse 14 says, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. So God is a righteous God. The foundation of God is justice. If God wasn't a righteous God, God wasn't a just God, if he didn't punish those for transgressing against God's law, he wouldn't be a just God. Can you just imagine in our we talk go back to what we talk about with our civil law and you would have judges that they might hear whatever the case was but there was no repercussions as to what the person did you know yeah i know you broke the law i know we have these laws i know this is what the civil law says but you know i'm i'm a i'm a loving judge i'm going to be considerate compassion for what you did and i'm gonna let you off i'm gonna let you uh get away with whatever it is and that person continues to go on if we had that kind of, of attitude when it comes to our civil law imagine what kind of chaos we'd have in our world today if we didn't punish those that broke the law and when it comes to people living a certain lifestyle or being involved in sin they, they continually think about this. You know, God's not going to condemn me for the life that I've lived. You know, I know I can live this lifestyle all my life, but on the, the day of judgment, I'm going to be found faithful because God's a loving God. He's going to oversee all these things. And we, got, we fail to remember that God will judge us on that last day. And the next verse that I want to look at is Numbers chapter 16 and verse 30 which says, But the Lord creates a new thing, and the earth opens up its mouth and swallows them up when all that belongs to them, and they go down alive into the pit. Then you will understand that these men have rejected the Lord. It's like I say, it's from Numbers chapter 16 and verse 30. As we think about God being a just God, you go back to the account in Numbers chapter uh, 16, and you read through that account. I know this was a lesson that TJ and I had taught just recently um, in our Bible class with our kids. And if you read that account, they were questioning, going back to what we talked about on the previous uh, um, point, how that they were questioning Moses' and Aaron's authority. And they brought that before God, 
And because they questioned Moses' authority, the ground, if you remember that account, that ground was opened up because the rebellion that they gave Moses and Aaron, and the ground opened up and it swallowed those people. So if you, we think about a loving God, you realize that God's a, a also a just God. Look at the accounts and things that's happened through the Old Testament, through the Bible, how that God condemned the way that they lived. If you look back at even uh, the account of Sodom and Gomorrah, and you realize the life that was the lifestyles that were being lived at that, men were having relationships with men, and the things that were going on. Well, God destroyed those cities because they way the way that they lived, and we failed to realize this is what's going on, and God's going to punish those that uh, are living that type of lifestyle. Our next point, which is my final point for this morning, is looking for loopholes by teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 2 says, You shall not add to the word that I command you, nor take from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you. So we are not to go beyond what is written in the Scripture. If we add to it, we put our own way of thinking in there, we're going to be wrong. And that's what a lot of us have a tendency to do. We've mentioned that uh, earlier on in the lesson, how we think that we're wiser than God. There may be something that we think that uh, God didn't include in the lesson or he didn't include in what he had uh, put in the Bible because it's not talked about then. Well, you know, we think that sometimes we're wiser than God and we add our own little personal touches in there and think that, you know, this is okay. Um, and this is the attitude that a lot of people have. Um, we can't do like the Pharisees did and the scribes and incorporate our own, own ideas when it comes to the gospel. We have to stay within the confines of the gospel. Uh, a lot of times you might have heard it said that um, we are 21st century Christians. We need to get with the way of the times. We need to change to con- to be more like uh, everybody else and make make some changes to where we can go out and reach those that are outside the body of Christ. We're going to make those changes within our congregation to do those very things. We can't have that type of attitude. We have to stay within the confines of what God has taught us. We can't go beyond that. And we need to do the same things that the first century Christians did. Do the same things that was being done on the day of Pentecost. We talked about that last week about the, on the day of Pentecost. That those that heard the word, they were cut to the heart. They, uh, that there were 3,000 souls that were saved on that day. We can't go beyond what the word of God says. So um, the, other, um, the other scripture I want to look at is Mark chapter 7 and verse 9. He said to them, All too well you reject the commandments of God that you may keep the tradition. This goes back to what we, thought of, what we talked about, the, the traditions of men that the Pharisees were uh, talking about here. That uh, we don't want to reject the commandments of God and bring in tradition that we think is okay. Um, going back a little bit more to what the Pharisees said, part of the traditions that they were involved in, um, some things we've talked about a little bit in Bible class, they actually thought that 
when it was coming to washing cups, they had they were giving respects to the quantity of water that was being used uh, in the cup, the way that they um, should apply things, the number of times that water should be changed, and how a, a cup should be washed. Um, they didn't give any regards to they gave more regards in those type of rules um, and instead of the actual things of the heart they were more uh, wanting to do with those things that are more of the physical type of nature uh, when it comes to the word of god so as this morning we've uh one last verse that i want to look at is ephesians chapter 4 verses 4 through 6 uh one thing that uh we a lot of of times you may hear is that it does not matter what you believe just believe we are all headed to the same place. We're just taking different roads. So as we close out the lesson, have you thought about that? Has anybody told you that? You know, it's okay that you uh, go to a different place of worship. You may hear that with somebody that uh, uh, you go to. That a friend of yours may go to another congregation, may go believe a little bit differently than you do, and they may tell you that very thing. You know, I'm just. We're heading to the same place, but we're just taking different roads to get there. One thing that you can think about is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, saying there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through you all and in you all. So we need to realize what this verse says. There's only one way to heaven there's not multiple ways as to get there and we have to stay within the confines of the bible and what the truth says and don't go beyond that don't try to create a loophole and put a loophole where there's not a loophole there we've if you notice through the course of history there's been a lot of people that scholars and people that try to find fault within the bible and they can't do it you know, the Bible has held the test of time through uh, thousands of years, and they've not been able to find any inconsistencies within the confines of the Bible. So we need to stay within what the Scripture says. So as we consider the lesson, we looked this morning at how that we're not to, to create a loophole in the, in the Bible, in the Word of God, by the command to honor our parents, just like what the Pharisees did. We don't want to try to justify in our minds to get away with not taking care of our parents and we're using that time or that money in some other way we don't want to create a loophole by laying aside the commandments of god we don't want to ignore those commands of god just to justify our own conscience then we don't want to forget and create a loophole by realizing that God is a just God and thinking that he's only a loving God, realizing that we are going to give an account on that day of judgment for the very things that you do in this life. And then our last point was looking for loopholes by teaching doctrines, the commandments of men. We don't want to do something that we think may be right and try to teach that to somebody else. We want to make sure that what we're teaching is found in the very confines of this book right here. We do not want to go beyond what's in the Bible because if we do, 
we'll have to give an account on that on that day of judgment because we taught something other than what was in the scripture. So as you consider the lesson, as I extend the invitation, think about your own life, how that you may have let your conscience be your guide. We have to train our conscience. Our conscience sometimes can be our guide, but we need to make sure that our conscience is trained right, is trained correctly. And if your conscience is not trained correctly, it will lead you astray. And you may think that you have enough wisdom that you can incorporate your own ideas and things, and it's caused you to fall, to fall short when it comes to your own spiritual life. So I encourage you to look at your own spiritual life and find out, you know, have you been creating loopholes in the law? Have you been making justifications as to why you're involved in whatever sin that it is that you're involved with? If you find yourself falling short of the glory of God this morning, maybe you've been one that has heard the word of God, but yet you've not put Christ on a baptism. Like I always say uh, at the end of the invitation, the invitation is extended for those individuals that you can have Christ, you can put Christ on yet today. Those things can be made ready and you can become a child of God yet today before it's everlastingly too late. Or if you have put Christ on in baptism, but yet you find yourself that you've done those things contrary to God's law and you've fallen short, you can be restored back to a right relationship with God this morning. So if you find yourself subject to the invitation, come forward now as we stand and sing.